Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hail Cheaters. Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. Brandon, the FPL season is over, sort of, for six weeks or so. Uh, my name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm good. Uh, coming off of a good game week 16, the feeling generally is, uh, do I want the season to pause for six weeks so I can enjoy this feeling? Or mm-hmm. am I going to lose my form that I gained this week completely and entirely over the next six weeks the question cannot be answered until boxing day (laughs) well you're in a good mood tonight and let's just let's just hold on to that we've got tonight let's bottle it (laughs) who who needs tomorrow as bob seeker said that's let's just roll with what we've got right now which is good mood brandon it's good to have that mood back you know rough couple of weeks and you basically gained all of it back right i think you you basically halved your rank after two right i mean after after two difficult weeks you effectively knocked it knocked it in half and so i i was happy about that i mean i i you know i it was actually a tough week for a lot of people i mean some of the it was a swingy week i felt like i saw mm-hmm. you had scores in the 60s and scores in the like upper 30s and 40s and uh just yeah. came down to a, a couple of you know if you had uh harry kane i guess that was big if you had daniel ward that was a big one um, and, uh, yeah, so I was interested, you know, I saw you, you moved, uh, you know, it's funny cause I'm, I'm praising you and now I'm immediately going to stick you in the ribs, Brandon, with, uh, you know, with my, with my shift. Go here. ahead. But I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, so you made the move to take out Ward. I, I feel like you kind of didn't really, you had two free transfers. I felt like you didn't really even want to make any moves, right? You're, you're like, when we mm-hmm. talked on Thursday, you were sort of disinclined to do anything. It was sort of like, I, anything I do, I'm going to screw, I'm going to screw it all up. And uh, turned out, turned to, be out to be prescient, true. you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the curse of two two free transfers. Everyone feels like having two frees puts you in a position to be flexible, a mini wild card. But it's yeah. also a curse because uh, it it puts a bit of pressure on. And I got up at uh, five thirty in the morning to do like team league stuff. I had I had Phil Foden. I was able to keep him, and I had a plan in the back of my mind of, well, if Foden starts, then I'm not going to move for Kulishevsky. I'm not going to move for Trossard, anybody like that. But yeah. it just seemed so insane to just leave two free transfers on the table, because yeah. you know you read the fine print of the Premier League FPL site rules. You can only take you, you can't take them with you unless you. Don't make any free transfers during the, the breakout. It's very complicated. So yeah. I thought the only weak link that I saw in my team was my goalkeeper because I foolishly thought that West Ham could put one by Danny Ward. And Wardino. Thought, well, yes. I've got I've got two frees, which allows me to dump Yoki Manderson and get a couple extra 
pounds in and upgrade. I didn't, I didn't get rid of Ward. I got ended up getting rid of Keppa and I brought in David De Gea. Now, David De Gea basically did everything that Danny Ward did this weekend, except uh, he conceded. All importantly, right. he conceded. But if, uh, and when Daniel James came on as a substitute, I was like, well, this clean sheet revenge is, game. Done. is there's a double, double revenge game, right? You had Pereira and, and, uh, James out there. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough, tough twosome. The, the 11 pointer from Ward is just, is, is beyond me. David Moyes, uh, Something needs to. I don't. I don't know that he needs to be sacked, but he needs to be disciplined uh, in yeah. some fashion during the World <laughs> well, Cup funny. break. I, I mean, it it just shows. You know, who knows with 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 Moyes because gas bags like me and you, Brandon, were coming on this pod talking about how Brennan Rogers absolutely had to go. There there must be chaos in the ownership group. They must be distracted with other things if right. they haven't sacked Rogers yeah. so far. And here they are conceded, you know, they've won four of their last five matches. Their defense is completely tied up, even without James Justin, who has got to be one of the unluckiest people in the Premier League. He just so sad. suffered another, yeah. another season, another season ending injury and such a good player. Um, that's really, really too bad. And so, uh, yeah, but they've won four of their last five. They're up to 13th place. Completely fine. <laughs> Probably will be battling for a Europa League spot by the end of the season. And so credit, credit to Rodgers. Uh, um, they kind of <laughs> they, they stuck it out with him. I, 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 I'm kind of amazed that it worked. But it this really, week's credit to award. Yeah. <laughs> the vibe this weekend was crazy. It was a real last game week of the season. Yeah. Uh, it, it was not even that. It felt more like the last day of school before before summer, no one was really paying a lot of attention. It did the energy. People were, I mean, it's not that they weren't trying, but it was like, there was just a kind of slack to it. This was not the weekend where you were going to get outside of Newcastle. You're, you're just not going to be getting a lot of one nils from, you know, from, from the weekend. It was, there was a lot of, a lot of chaos, a ton of goals. And uh, again, yeah, credit to Brentford, as you said, that <laughs> Man City, it was just weird because I, I don't know why Pep didn't make sense because, you had Gundo and KDB, two of the most precise passers in the league, and you know two of the most important players for both of their national teams, right? And they, they were clearly just—they had one foot out the door. And I mean, these are wonderful players, but they just were—they were not clicking. I mean, KDB just not anywhere near as precise as he normally is, and I, I didn't mm-hmm. think Gundo had a great game either. And, but Pep was just making no no trans, you know, or no um, no subs and. Uh, no transfers, like an FPL manager, and you have you have Mares <laughs> the sitting there on the bench. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have Mares on the bench who isn't even going to the World Cup. Maybe he wants to get out there and prove that. Don't forget about me. I don't know. It was just so there was there was a weird energy to that match, basically from the start. I mean, Brentford could have had two goals, pretty much. I don't even know if you you know if you minutes into that game, uh, Ivan Tony was it was a man on fire. It was it was yeah. great. I, it was really fun to see, and and that that ended up being I feel like the dominant narrative for this weekend was the the ones who got left out. I felt like they were really the ones who who shown this I, weekend. I'm I'm fine with that narrative, especially Ivan Tony, and I, I thought that was a motivating factor. But when the commentary was saying, "Well, Ruben Loftus Cheek, another one who was on the bubble and got left out of the squad," I'm like, <laughs> "Hold on now." Hold on. Ruben Loftus-Cheek was never going to be on that plane. And you can't tell me you can't tell me otherwise. But I I enjoyed it. I thought I, I thought the chaos was good. I, I still thought that uh, some of the football was really good, too. I think totally. now Arsenal having a five point lead over City 
through Christmas actually allows us to, I think, spin the narrative of the title race could actually be on. If it was less than five points, I think the thought is still at the front of your mind. Well, well, as soon as City face Arsenal, then the title race will be over. So I'm happy for Arsenal fans, and I'm happy for that. Totally. I mean, they it'd be still a big surprise if Man City didn't win, but your record is your record. And it's kind of remarkable how impressive it is because it, I mean, they are 12, one and one. It, it is, that is such a good start. It, it really is such a yeah. phenomenally strong start to the season that this, the Southampton draw is considered this, this devastating draw, you know, a match they should have won. And it's yeah. like, that happens all the time to, you know, Man City's drawn twice already as well as, as well as lost twice. I mean, this is good teams lose and sort of win 12 of your first 14 is, is just remarkable. And, and it, this feels totally earned. I mean, watching that Wolves match, it was just, they're just taking it to people right now. I mean, it's the same with the Chelsea yeah. match. It's just that front. I really hope that, I mean, unfortunately, like all of that team is in Brazil. So I, or, or England, it's a, it's a team that's especially hit by the world cup. And so I mean, your boy Xhaka, Brandon, there's just a lot going on you know, all over the place. So, um, so they're, they're the ones who you have to worry about a little bit, depending on how far those teams go. I mean, if England and Brazil met in the finals, that would be, I'm actually not sure how that, well, yeah, the bright kind of depends on where they finish in their groups, but, um, that would be kind of a worst case scenario for an Arsenal supporter, but, um, many of them are English, so they'd get to have England in the final. So I guess it's kind of a six of one, half dozen of the other. Yeah, there is the following form and how far these teams go through the world cup. And I think another, we're going to talk a bit more later in the episode about what we need to think about. We are FPL teams, uh, for the unlimited transfers through Boxing Day. I'm just wondering what, how much of what we know now is going to be totally irrelevant by Boxing Day? Like going back to the West Ham thing, is the six weeks off uh, some warm weather training for some of these guys? David Moyes actually gets to crunch some game film for a while. Yeah. Is West Ham yeah. able to come back after six week, six weeks and be a team transformed? I don't know. Maybe. So I don't want to... I don't want to spend the next six weeks thinking I know everything there is to know about West Ham. Uh, there are teams where I think we could we could accurately predict where where they're going to come back, like Everton. I feel like I, that story is probably not going to change too much. Uh, Southampton will have a new manager uh, who can reshape the 50-odd the guys they have in that squad. Uh, Forrest, similarly. So there's, there's just so much... Um, there's so much that we've yet to learn, Josh, or unlearn. And for I was sp- speaking of Everton. It's 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 devastating that Weverton has not been called up to the Brazilian team because I just love. Um, I don't know. There's something about having Everton and Weverton on the same squad. It's like it's like Mario and Wario. It just feels like the, <laughs> they they should be together. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, so it so it goes. And we'll talk more about the World Cup uh, a little bit later. We wanted to note, and I, we'll talk. I want to talk about my game week as well in a second here, but we wanted to note that um, the World Cup is coming. It's coming so fast, Brandon. It is. It is a. Uh, it, it is next Sunday. There is no no delay at all. The 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 the, the European clubs uh, are so angry about this World Cup that they've literally given. I mean, Man United are sending plenty of players off to their national teams and. They had a Sunday match with games kicking off less than seven days later. I mean, it's it's a very, very quick 
turnaround. And, and you know, the, the games resume on Boxing Day, which is a week after the final. So it's, it, it is a very, there's going to be a lot of matches on uh, all of the time. But I'm excited about the World Cup, and how could you not be? The World Cup is amazing. We both live in New York, and New York is an incredible place to watch the World Cup, as I'm sure any other big cosmopolitan city is, because you just have fans from all over the world. And you mm-hmm. don't know how many people are, how many, you know, rabid Paraguayan national team supporters there are until, you know, Paraguay or whatever, you know, or just any number of, I, I don't think they're actually, they're not in the World Cup, I don't believe, no. but uh, no, they're not. Uh, but they, they play in Copa America. So I don't know, you know, but it's like- You're thinking of Canada. How many Canadians are in New York is what we want to know. Oh, the Canadians are going to come, <laughs> exactly. They could come up firing. Uh, it's funny that I picked a team that is, I call this not actually in the- <laughs> In the World Cup, but uh, yeah, you just get to see all of these people sort of come out of the woodwork to um, to support their their teams, and uh, the bars all fill up here, and they play the games of sound on, which, as an American soccer slash football fan, that is not always or often the case. So getting <laughs> mm-hmm. some getting some sound on is is always fun, and uh, these matches are all during the day, so it's going to be uh, complete chaos. But as Brent and I have decided, partially for fun, partially because we want to um, be part of such a uh, such an amazing thing as the World Cup, and and the U.S. men are back in the World Cup. They did not make the last one to our everlasting mm. heartbreak. So uh, the U.S. is back. They have some really. Uh, I mean, all three of their matches are are kind of exciting and in different ways. Uh, but that that England U.S. game, which is the day after Thanksgiving here in the United States at two p.m. in the afternoon, it's just oh, it's just perfect. I mean, mm-hmm. no one's working. There's, there's no excuse not to watch this game uh, here in America. So mm-hmm. it's going to be... Unless you, know, you yeah, work at the Gap. Unless you work at the Gap. If you work at Walmart or the Gap, you're kind of screwed. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you work in like the TV section of Walmart, right? And you can put it on. You know, it's like 40-year-old virgin. You can sort of put it on in the in the background there. Uh, so I... And, and it'll be and at 7 p.m. Friday night UK time. So I think, you know, all like Twitter... If it's still around in, in two weeks, we'll be we'll be blowing up around that time. So, it's it's really exciting. I, I'm really looking forward to it, and as as I know you are, Brandon. And so uh, I'll speak for you there. And Please. we have decided to do a daily World Cup podcast. We're going to do World Cup pods every single day, talking about the day's matches and previewing the next one. These are not going to be your 90 minute podcasts. They're going to be closer to 15 or 20. Uh, but we're going to be doing these doing this every single day during the World Cup. It's sort of a challenge that we've issued to ourselves. It's like signing up for a marathon. And then being mm-hmm. like, all right, I got to do my, I got to do all my, you know, make sure I hit all my, all my interval numbers. And so, mm-hmm. uh, so that is, that is what we're doing. I'm really excited about it. It's not going to be fantasy focused, although we are creating a uh, World Cup fantasy team for our Patreon supporters. So if you want to join that, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating to join, but it's going to be just general thoughts on, uh, on the world cup and what we saw. And if you're looking for a quick dose of what happened that day in the world cup and a quick look at what's happening the following day, that is what we're going to be doing. And so if you have friends who are not fantasy people who you think would enjoy a general interest world cup pod, and then maybe we can kind of backdoor them into <laughs> fantasy as, <laughs> as, uh, as the Which world cup progresses. Which is not a bad idea, Josh. I think most people out there are looking for more people in their sphere to become FPL addicts. So yes, many people true. become yeah. premier league fans or fans of other club leagues because of the world yep. cup. This is your opportunity right. to hook your friends. And the important thing to know about the Always Cheating World Cup pod is that it is this exact feed that you're listening to right now. So stay subscribed here. It will morph into World Cup content for six weeks, and then it will immediately morph back to 
FPL content after that. I'm looking forward That's to right. it. I'm I'm with you. Let's rise to the challenge and just talk World Cup every every damn day. So just to wrap up on on game week 16, kind of the end of what has to be considered the first half of the season, right? And, and even though it's technically you have three more matches in the the first half, it's it it, it feels that way, especially because you have the festive fixtures. There's there's you know three of them kind of right out of the gate. So it's by the time I think it's January for December 26th, January 4th is when you have, you have three fixtures back to back to back. All taking place. If you missed the Premier League, you're going to get a whole dose of it over your over your holidays. Um, so, effectively, we're, we're we're you know 16 games into the season and or you know mid, the midway point. Like I, I keep like saying there was this. I keep looping around in this. It's like mm. I have to ju- like I'm like imagining someone that listening to this podcast right now being like we're not at the midway point, and I'm like talking specifically to them for no mm. particular reason. But anyway, uh, I am. Uh, I had 58 points in the game week. I made a one of those like eat your vegetables transfers, but it ended up being really good. I I, I mean I mean per, really good in the sense that I ended up bringing in probably the best player that I could have without having to actually burn points, which is uh, Barn, do, brought in Dominic Solanke. I got five mm-hmm. points. He replaced Mitrovic. Uh, if I hadn't brought him in, I would have started Mark Gahey, who got one point. So I'll take that up as a I'll check that up as a you know four point net there. Uh, but fifty eight points on the week, which is um, I think you know I guess it's seventeen points above average, a little more than I was expecting. I had a green arrow on the week. I'm up to twenty one thousand overall. So uh, at, at sixteen weeks of the season, I'm at twenty one k, and it has just been for me the. E- I just like I have not I've been I've been very listen I mean you have to be lucky to have a good season you have to have luck injuries fall on your side have some transfers that work out maybe a little even better than you were expecting and um and that's that's where I am right now and so I feel like um the only thing I will say is just sort of like reflecting on the first 16 weeks of the season um I have seriously ramp down my social media usage and I'm convinced that's helped me <laughs> this season mm-hmm. uh because I just felt like I had too many inputs last year, just too many competing ideas. I said what I wanted to do and then what everybody else was doing online. And then I was thinking a lot about effective ownership and, and how many people had a per, you know, certain person playing that week. And, um, I just, I was not making sensible moves. I was not fixing my week. I was not doing all like the kind of FPL one I mean, if you, if you play this game by the book, it's really pretty easy, I think to, to, to do reasonably well. And it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta, but you have to kind of ignore a lot of a lot of inputs that are out there um, because if you take the game seriously, then you want to consume content and you want to talk about it with people, right? Like it's sort of part mm-hmm. of the fun of it is when you know when we got really into fantasy. I was on the fantasy football scout chat section and I would be that person like everybody else. Like, Hey, here's option A, B, and C, which one do you like? You know, just mm-hmm. sort of, because it's part of the fun of it. But at some point, if you, if you, if you take on too much of that, if you're on Reddit, you're on Twitter, you're on a, uh, you know, a discord or a Slack, you're on all these various places. And it's very, it's very rare that every response you're going to get is going to be uniform. You're going to have kind of your way of thinking about it. And then nine other ways that are also suggested to you. And then if you post your team, then people are also going to immediately get on that and tell you why you've screwed up and (laughs) just tell you exactly what you did wrong. And that starts to get in your head a little bit. And not only is it not fun, I'm convinced that it's not helpful. Um, It's not that people can't be helpful, but it's, you have to restrict the amount of the, the flow of information that is coming to you. You have to, that, that like that it's, it's like, it's like all internet consumption. There is a, an absolute stream of it, just endless content, content, content. If you do not put some filters on yourself, it is very hard to, 
um, feel like you're making yeah. decisions. I'm, I'm a big believer in the idea of decision fatigue as well. And it's not just the yeah. internet. It's not just your fantasy team. It's just like life. And uh, the more adult you get, the more decisions you simply have to make or you're simply faced yeah. with. And uh, yeah, the more banal uh, sort of life decisions you have to make, sometimes it eats away at your desire to make decisions towards something that you find fun and fulfilling like your fantasy team so you know there are weeks where i look at my fantasy team and i'm like well i don't know what to do because i have i have no brain power because it's been a long week let me turn to the internet and um see if they have any good ideas even still in that situation i agree with you that you're probably uh more often than not, you're going to get an idea that doesn't necessarily gel with your general view of your fantasy team uh, or isn't going to help you long term. And like, I feel like whenever I have a series of bad weeks, a bad run of fantasy, it, like, it feels like I've lost control of my team because it was um, maybe... Yeah. I guess I'm blaming other people now for for bad decisions <laughs> that I make. Yeah. But um, yeah, it whenever whenever you give control over to somebody else uh, in terms of making that yeah. decision, whether it's a group or or some account you follow, you be prepared for the consequences. Honestly, well, it just it goes back to what you, what I was saying earlier about when I was was finding myself stumbling around in circles talking about the. Uh, the person I thought of who knew that I it was not technically accurate to say it was the midway point of the season. And I, I think that's very similar to what you were talking about when a couple weeks ago you were like, well, I didn't even really want a wild card, but I felt like I should have. And there, it's almost mm-hmm. like there's that voice that's like, well, I, I should probably do that. Like, you know, there are other managers out there who would, who would do it. And, and sort of even this week, it's like, well, I have two transfers and I kind of don't want to do anything, but it also seems like it's, it's, it's like, it's hard not to like construct a model of like the right way to play and then, mm-hmm. you know, and then not sort of hold yourself to that. And I don't know if that makes any sense. It's sort of like, there's like the Plato's cave of fantasy and you're like, I can, I want to access that somehow. <laughs> you know, it's like the, there's a perfect totally. transfer out there or, or the perfect way to play this or whatever. And I, if I'm not, I don't know. And sometimes you feel like if you're, if you're just trusting your instincts, it feels like you're not maybe playing the optimal way, even though, um, even yeah, though I that, think often you are right, right to trust yourself. That combined with I could always be doing better. Uh, so right. before, right. <laughs> like the the first two months of the season, I was doing I was I was having a good start, and then I start. Then I'm thinking, well, I kind of still have the same team I had around game week one, two, three. Maybe yeah. I'd do even better if I made some changes. And what's the point of even playing fantasy if you're not tinkering and trying things and um, having a bit of fun with it? So um, I don't know. I guess it's a very, very kind of complex series of of, of yeah. streets you walk down to either make or not make these decisions. How many roads must a man walk down, Brandon, before he makes his transfer? It's... Nobel the, Prize the, winning the FM radio uh, song references you're making this one. <laughs> I'm out of control right now. It's I I've got World Cup fever myself, Brandon. It's making me a little a little loopy. I think so. I I think when it comes to fantasy, I will say that what I've enjoyed the most is uh, is not fantasy. I mean, the fantasy has been and what's been great is fantasy has been fine and normal and kind of like it used to be. And the matches have been so fun. Every weekend mm-hmm. has been so great. I've just enjoyed watching so many things. I mean, the Brentford 
two one. I don't I don't have any Brentford players. I have Jao, you know, Jao Cancelo. Like there was nothing fantasy wise about that match that helped me. Uh, and it, quite the opposite, in fact, as someone there with KDB <laughs> and and Holland and Holland captained and and Cancelo. But I was it was so enjoyable. I, it was so thrilling when when Brentford scored that goal. I mean, they, really from minute one they were they were out there to win that match. It was really. Uh, it just makes me love Thomas Frank. Like I just love that he came in there and was like, "Yeah, we can win this game." And it was just a, it was just cool because you do not see teams go into the Etihad very often and just say, "Yeah, we're gonna actually try to win this match today." And uh, it was cool. Like you know, maybe I mean the goal, flopped, the, but it, the the game winning the goal they scored was a counterattack on a, a corner kick or or some sort of. Sure. That is that is part of a plan from a manager who goes in and says, "Well, we're going to nick this uh, by a goal yeah, on a counter." But they didn't play that way. I felt like they didn't play that way in the first thirty minutes or so of that match. I felt like they were pretty. Um, yeah. They were they were kind of they were kind of going for it there. They're pressing hard. They won the ball a bunch. I mean, maybe no. maybe they took advantage of a distracted Man City, but still. I, I I think maybe it's the latter. I will get my cre- hashtag credit to, as you said, this week <laughs> goes to Brendan Rodgers. Brentford does not get a credit to this week, as, as, as thrilled as I am for their supporters. Wow. I think that's overly harsh, but we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> City just weren't um, at right. it. City, City were uh, just no, not. They weren't, they weren't it, at it, but it's not happening. be that as it may. Brandon, I thought it was. Uh, I was. I enjoyed myself. I experienced pleasure watching that match. Good. Um, all right. Yeah. So let's move on to the Super League. Brandon uh, got a, a top eleven here. Okay. Well, we got two way tie for a tenth. So I, I, I jumped somebody in there. Sveining Arneson and Damian Duffy. I assume that's the actual uh, Damian Duffy. Brandon. Wait. Or Damian? Am I? Am I confusing? Is it Damian Duff? Is yeah, you're thinking oh, yeah, you're, you're conflating Shane Duffy and Damian Duff into one Damian <laughs> Duffy, the greatest super... <laughs> Irish box to box midfielder, central defender. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> He's got it all. Uh, Joshua Blumenstock in ninth, Robert Nilsson in eighth, Mark Jordan in seventh, Rob Duncan and Stuart Tatchell tied for fifth. In fourth is Luca Matreski. In third is Artem Ermishin. In second is Graham McBlain. And in first, holding on in first place is Sarah Edge. The edge lord, Brandon, in first place. Well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that's and briefly once again, our Patreon is going to be running. If you're looking for a place to talk about the World Cup, you can uh, come join uh, our, us and our friends on there. Uh, and we're going to be running a uh, Brandon. I know you're getting that set up. Maybe by, by the time by the time you've joined, you've listened to this podcast and joined Patreon. We should have our league uh, up yeah. and running for World Cup fantasy. So. We'll talk. We'll talk a little bit about it. My, I, I, I'm not uh, anti World Cup fantasy at all. But uh, four years ago, you and I did about a month of preseason World Cup fantasy content, <laughs> and it, it, it was insane. And then everyone kind of dropped off because the World Cup is so exciting. There's, it's a hard bar, bar for. You know, over, over 38 weeks, the, the FPL really helps because there's a lot of duds. You end up watching a lot of. If, even if you're just a Premier League fan, but the World Cup is even a bad match is pretty exciting in its own way, right? Because you know that there's an Stakes entire country so out high. there. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. There's an entire country that's living and dying with every you know pass in that in that match. As a Weebly for you know for three of those games. Sure. Um, so anyway, so we will, we will you know we'll do a little bit of World Cup fantasy and talk about it a little bit. Uh, and on that note, let's take a break. We'll get back. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about 
um, preparing for the resumption of fantasy and then talk a little bit about the World Cup as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Brandon, we're back. Two-part middle section here, Brandon. Usually, uh, we used to do lots of parts. Used to be, you listen to this podcast, you got six, seven parts, all broken up. A lot, a lot going on. Sure, uh, yeah, always cheating rounds. phase four closes yeah. around the 40th <laughs> yeah, minute exactly. mark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the lightning round has sadly gone away. We used to do lightning rounds basically every week. If you go back and listen to podcasts for... You can listen to 50 episodes in a row where we did a lightning round every time, but it's uh, we kind of worked the lightning round in. I feel like we, we were a little more choosy about the questions now, and I, I, I aim towards mm. the fun questions as much as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, so those you, the lightning round used to be like that was like the, the, the spillover. That's where that was, you know, used to go. And so, sure, the catch all, the potpourri for all those Jeopardy, Jeopardy watchers out there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, I wanted to just do a quick few heads up for people who have not been. Super locked in on what's happening right now. You and I talked about a little bit at the start of the pod, but just as a refresher, you have unlimited transfers. You effectively have a wild card that lasts from now until 6 a.m. on Boxing Day, December 26th. So or that is 6 a.m. Eastern time. I guess that's 11 a.m. UK time. So you have uh, six weeks where you basically could just put together that bus team, Brandon, that team you put mm-hmm. together just in case you get hit by a bus. Copyright always cheating. And, uh, and get your team ready. Uh, in case you're in that coma, you, you're all set and ready to go for uh, for game week 26. Now, game week 27, that can't be helped. You know, if you're still in that coma, that game week starts just two days afterwards. I doubt you're getting out of it yeah. that soon. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe. You know, it's, it's hard to say. Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you have unlimited, tr- uh, unlimited free transfers, um, which actually makes this a really great time for... We talked again about people who are maybe new to fantasy or people you want to get into fantasy. It's a great time to create a second half league. For anybody who doesn't know, you do not need to be beholden to a game week one start. Mm. You can just create a league that starts in game week 17, or if you want to wait until uh, game week 20 or whatever, which is, uh, I think when um, there's usually the, I think there's three fixtures, game week 17, 18, and 19 will be played between December 26th and January 5th. So you have three game weeks over nine days. So if that feels a little too intense for your, your, your friends who, who just, you know, loved watching, um, I don't even know, watch who loved watching Wales defeat France in the World Cup final, Brandon, and we have a, you have a flood of Welshmen in your office and you want to get them on board. <laughs> and, uh, Are you working a farm? Be, 
Yeah, it may be too intense to be like, hey, you got to set your team basically every three hours during, <laughs> during the end of December. But uh, but anyway, it's, it's a good time to, to reset a little bit, start that second half league, whatever you do it. Um, I think we, you know, we plan to do that ourselves, and maybe you and I will talk more about what the, the best week to start that second half league is. Um, and uh, just wanted to take a quick look at uh, the fixtures, Brent. Does anything stand out to you when you look at uh, – the, you know, I, I sort of have the, the next five here. The most important ones are these 17, 18, and 19 fixtures, obviously, because they're so, you know, um, closely clustered together. Yeah, well, I mean, I, we talk, we're talking a lot about the, the U.S. leading up to the World Cup, and I think about my old friend Jesse Marsh, and my goodness, like, what a wild ride it's been. And Leeds, first back, gets uh, yeah. Manchester City in game week 17. Now, I think a um, somebody who's going to make his way into a ton of World Cup drafts is going to be Somerville at Leeds because he mm-hmm. has scored four goals and four at this point in in just three starts and one substitution, uh, priced at four point four million, which is wild. So I think Somerville, you lock and load for game week seventeen to uh, spin him out when the fixtures kind of change in game week nineteen with West Ham at home. And uh, then I have no doubt Jesse Marsh is, is going to turn it around. But you know, the Marshall uh, like, plan is in full effect, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I think Chelsea, they have every opportunity to turn things around when they come back from the World Cup with Bournemouth and Forest in their first couple of fixtures. But that's just simply not going to be enough. Chelsea have been so poor uh, by their own standards to have me consider any of that. Yeah. I think a team like Fulham, so I bet against my own team, Fulham bringing De Gea in for game week 16, but I think there are a few teams that uh, I need to sort of like come fully to grips with in that, you know, we talk about this a lot with uh, Andreas Pereira. Is he a start every week midfielder? When we were talking yeah. about this the other week, I said, well, with you, Josh, you have the three premium, so it's it's good to start Pereira, but if you, you don't, you probably have a fourth better mid option. But I think that this comes back to how we really need to shift our uh, feelings on a team like Fulham. The Fulham are a very, very good footballing side this season. They seem to have the, uh, the, the squad to match, and they come back and have... Palace, Southampton, Leicester, Newcastle, Spurs, at least the cu- first couple of fixtures augur very well for yeah. uh, for Pereira, for somebody like Willian, who's not in the Brazil squad, who looks excellent. And Mitrovic will definitely be one. Well, we'll, we'll know so much more about him uh, having uh, been able to see him play for Serbia, assuming he he does play. So I'm kind of like looking at these these bubble teams like like Leeds and and Fulham and yeah. wondering how I can how I can use them to my advantage coming out of the break. I, I know I feel the same way and I, I think this is really the real honest answer is I don't plan to spend a ton of time thinking about my fantasy team until we at least get to the elimination rounds of the World Cup. Right, because that will will have a lot more clarity from then on. Right, like Sun. I, I okay. I mean, I, I you know, I guess you could. There, there, I don't know why I, I thought of Sun immediately, but just like you know, if, if South Korea get knocked out before they get the elimination rounds, then you have a, a healthy Sun who might be back for almost a month. 
you know, before or, or you know, three and a half weeks before the season starts. That's that's a terrific player who's had kind of a bad run of form who maybe he gets a little bit of a reset. And I think um, it just sort of depends. Like, but, but, you know, certain players like it's hard for me to even set my team right now because I look at someone like Gabriel Martinelli, who I brought in early and who I love and have no strong desire to drop. But, you know, he's playing for I don't know how many minutes he'll get, but he's certainly going to be part of that Brazil squad. And if that Brazil squad makes it super far, as many predict they will, then uh, then it's going to be hard to keep him. Because I, when does he come back in mid-January? I mean, you know, if the World Cup final is a week before the end, the game week 17, you cannot ask these guys to come back after playing all of those matches, celebrating the World Cup, and then be like, oh, yeah, now you have three fixtures in eight days. In the, you know, you're going from yeah. the heat of Qatar to the English winter. It's just, it, it did not feel like a, even if, they, even if he comes back, he's not starting Right. You know, but again, it just it just depends. I mean, if Brazil shocker of shockers is eliminated in the round of 16 or something like that, then OK, then it's fine. You can bring them in you know, or just keep in your squad. And so it, to me, it makes it really hard for me to even do a ton of team building because I don't quite know who has to go yet. And so I think that's that's really where I am. Even Harry Kane is another player. I've loved having Kane the last uh, since my game of Kate wildcard. He's just been not a player that I have been captaining very often, but just so consistent in terms of his returns. I mean, that's just what, you know, he's kind of back to a little bit of like, like the cane of old, I would say. And I mean, 12 goals in the season so far, 12 and 12. And um, I guess it would be 14 matches or 15 because he didn't play. No one, no one played in game week seven. Um, so, you know, he's, he's been terrific. But again, if, if England make the semifinal or the final, it's going to be really hard to keep him in my squad because uh, how soon does he come back into that team? Right. He's been, he was completely flogged by Conte with all the injuries that that squad has had. He's, he hasn't been given any kind of rest at all. He's certainly going to play basically, what, like every minute for England or something close to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't see him getting a ton of rest. So, um, yeah, I think I, it's hard for me to know if I'm going to keep him or not. And so that's so for me, I'm sort of uh, I there's no point hits happening anywhere. I mean, I mean, there's no price changes to worry about. And so I almost feel like it's like set that. I, I already made one move. I, I moved um, Kevin De Bruyne to Mo Salah because that is just a. I know that I want to have Salah, and it's like I, that. I, I guess is kind of a bust team mover. I'm like just just bring Salah in right now, right? He doesn't go to. Um, he's he's not going to Qatar. Uh, Liverpool have a nice run of fixtures when the when the you know um, season resumes. That just felt like a very easy move to make. I don't know if you've done that already yourself or not. If you've tinkered with your no, I I have not. Usually, yeah, habitually I set my bus team during the game week. But yeah, as you say, with the no price changes, the prices are all locked until the next game week deadline. So there's not much point to that. I will certainly do some tinkering just to have fun. Uh, and yes, yep. Sala and Holland uh, will certainly be the spine of that tinker because those are the two biggest superstars who aren't going to the World Cup and will be ready but just imagine the raft of injuries that are going to occur after the world cup for for even for the yeah for the guys who don't even go to qatar they will you know i'm sure they'll be they'll obviously be training playing some behind closed doors scrimmages and whatnot but then come back and play three competitive premier league matches in a week basically everybody's hamstring's gonna snap and it's gonna be, it's gonna be a massacre. So the emphasis then is probably on who's not 
who's not going, right? Who's not going to the World Cup? Who do you, who maybe has a chance to be a little less fresh? Those hammies get three weeks of rest at home, right? Sitting by, you know, just roasting chestnuts and whatever everyone's going to be doing the next uh, three weeks. I know a lot of these clubs are going to uh, various wherever, you know, very various uh, exotic locales beginning in December to kind of start start training again. But as far as like, as far as I've read, it seems like almost everyone's got three weeks off if, if they're not going to the World Cup. It's three weeks off from now until until early December. Um, and then they come back and basically train for three weeks. Did you know that uh, Man City have a Carabout Cup match on uh, December 20th? Did not know <laughs> they that. They just tossed it in. They just tossed it in. They're like, yeah, let's, let's just have it when all your players are gone. Let's just get this, what get this over this with. What a joke this is. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know. Um, so who's not going? That'd be great for a Game Week 17 bus team. Sal and Holland are a must, right? That's an, that's an easy one you already talked about, about, about those two players. Um, Andy Robertson and Luis Diaz are both uh, – Diaz should – Hopefully, be be all fit and recovered. That was the that was the talk when uh, when he got injured that he'd be back mm-hmm. in time for for Boxing Day. Uh, Andy Roberts in Scotland, and uh, you know, well, I was gonna say unfortunately, it was it was a nice it was a great win for for uh, the Ukraine. But Scotland did uh, lose to the Ukraine, and so they're they're out of the World Cup as well. Um, and so you have Diaz, Salah, and uh, and Rabo would be a great trio, I think, to to consider mm-hmm. for um, for your game week seventeen squad. Um, there's a bunch of midfield options as well. Um, you talked about uh, Somerville, but I think um, you have Sinistera as well for Leeds. Uh, Kulusevski uh, will not be uh, traveling for the World Cup. Uh, he's, uh, obviously, he's part of the Swedish team. Uh, Martin Odegaard will not be traveling as well. Martin. Brandon, you were just you were ahead of your time with Martin Odegaard. You were you were on it, and now Early he's adopter. Martin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now he's Martin Goal Machine Odegaard. It's it's crazy. And then I love he's so conscious of his hair too. It's incredible. And the first thing he does when he scores a goal is immediately sweeps back. It's worse than James Madison. I mean, it's a he's he's obsessed with his hair, and he is now you know, the fifth. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I was looking at artwork for this episode uh, before we started recording, and I was like, oh, I'll find a picture of Martin Odegaard. There is no good picture of Martin Odegaard. He looks, when you just like take a moment and look at him, he doesn't look like a real person. He looks like, you know, the, um, how it became like the fad over the last couple of months to get AI to generate pictures like... AI, yeah, give me like yeah. grimace in a microwave or something like that. <laughs> Martin, a picture of Martin Odegaard looks like one of those AI generated. Uh, give me a Norwegian playing for Arsenal uh, AI generated <laughs> sort of a thing. He's a yeah. strange man. I, you know, I, I'm suddenly so tempted. I've never really tinkered around with the AI generator stuff, but now I, now I kind of want it. It sounds like great fun. Does it do it instantly? I wonder. Or does it like have to take? A I've while never to tried it? myself. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. To dig into it, but Odegaard now is the fifth uh, highest. He's actually tied with Martinelli for points in the season. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Uh, only, I mean, six goals and two assists in the season, which which isn't like mind blowing, but it's amazing because he started the season at six point five. Despite being the fifth overall point scorer, he is down to six point four million in the season. He has dropped. He has dropped incredible. price despite being the fifth. Now, granted, some of, some of those goals have been clustered. I think he's had two braces, but I'm I'm sure that the reason why that's happened is because there are so many other desirable Arsenal players, and you can only have three. 
Martinelli sure. very early on was a must. Jesus was like 80% owned at one point, it seemed like. And then Saka yeah. had a huge bandwagon starting a, a month ago. So I think Odegaard just got the short end of the stick. But yeah, I think he's in a lot more teams. The Arsenal player I'm very interested in is Gabriel. So he is one of the few Brazilians in the Premier League uh, that I'm personally mm-hmm. aware of. Didn't get called up to the squad. Yeah, surprisingly. And now you have, yeah. Right. Yeah. He's had a great season. Saliba's going to play for France. Ben White's going to play for England. Zinchenko isn't going. Uh, so there are, uh, there are a few other first-team players who are, are solid there. That's true. And Gabriel just has such a nose for gold, doesn't he? I feel like he's a threat in every every corner kick. Um, Sven Botman, another uh, cheap defender option you, think you could consider um, that uh, Newcastle uh, have a reasonable return. Uh, it's uh, Leicester away, Leeds at home, uh, way to Arsenal, but but around that they've got Fulham at home and, and Palace away. At, you know, if they're anything close, obviously they, they, they may, may, or, may or may not have Trippier, but if they're anything close to what we've seen uh, from them so far, that I think it's a... Uh, um, they could be, you know, the, that that defensive double up is something I will very strongly be considering for Newcastle. It's it's uh, something that's worked out. I honestly should have done it even more often than, than I have. I, every time I've done it, it's it's worked out well. Um, and uh, so yeah, I think that he's another cheapie to consider. Uh, final thought here on players who don't go to the World Cup: Do we dare remove Riyad Mahrez and Wilfred Zaha from our banned list? These are, you know, you and I, I mean, you, you made a, a strong case for why Zaha should not be on the ban list. And Zaha said touche this weekend, Brandon, by uh, missing a penalty uh, in a in a one nil loss, uh, finish on zero points. Uh, you know, I, it's going to be hard for me to really strongly consider either one of these two guys, I have to tell you. I, well, Mares, I'll speak to Mares. Zaha, it's like, you, you'll eat your words. You say one thing about Zaha, then the other thing will come true. That's and then true. the thing that you said will, that you initially said will come true two weeks later. And so it, it goes. Uses, yes. <laughs> With Mares, I think because these uh, Boxing Day festive fixtures will come in quick succession. Mahrez will seem like maybe a genius idea in Game Week 17. It will immediately, three days later, feel like the worst decision you ever made when you never mm-hmm. see him again. <laughs> so yes, that's I, true. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm st- I don't think that this Qatar scenario changes the story on these players who are not set in the lineups. I mean, Phil Foden is like... I, I feel like that was the, the greatest thing Phil Foden ever did was was score that goal for me so I can I can leave him in peace. It was it was sort of like uh, having a, an epiphany about a dead relative like ah yes, now I remember now I can <laughs> leave you behind and we can all move on. Uh, one of the crazy things Brandon about Riyad Mahrez is that he uh, finished 12th in the Ballon d'Or voting this year. He finished above Jao Cancelo who is 25th. Um, and uh, Phil Foden and Bernardo Silva were both joint twenty seconds. So, um, I what? guess that makes that, that makes Riyad Mahrez what like four times as good as them or something. Like I, it was a I was shot twelfth in the Ballon d'Or. Was he that good? Something last year? as pointless just... as the Ballon d'Or, and they have ties at twenty two. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I guess what it's is just the like, point? It's this? just the votes, right? It's like all the votes <laughs> they came into a tie. I don't really know, but. I was 12th. I mean, God bless him. I mean, he was a wonderful player for uh, 
for Leicester, and he's had his moments for Man City, but 12th, I felt a little high. Uh, anyway, yeah, that, there's that always, yeah. if you're looking for Riyad Mahrez, Mahrez slander, you'll always find it in here, which is funny because I actually really like Riyad Mahrez, but he's just, uh, he's a, it, when it comes to fantasy, he's, he's super frustrating to own. Uh, maybe that's his fault. Maybe it's Pep's. I don't know. Um, so I think I think you've said it on, on Mahrez and Zaha. So that's, that's where we are. I mean, I think make a couple moves if you want. It's good to know when you have to be ready, but... Listen, if you don't think about FPL until December 20th, it's November 13th right now. If you just go five weeks, obviously mm-hmm. you're still going to be listening to this podcast, Brandon. We're going to be doing great World Cup content. But if you want to take a break from, from FPL for five weeks, it will cost you nothing, nothing at all. In fact, it will probably help your game because you will not be poisoned by mm-hmm. lots of <laughs> conflicting. You're not going to, you're not going to like galaxy brain your way into having some mm. crazy, crazy squad. You know, you like somebody put together a marvelous squad on, on Reddit and you're like, Oh my God, I have to adopt mm. this for myself. Um, so I, it, you know, not to, not to disparage. I actually, I love, I love Reddit in all its forms, but uh, you know no, what I mean? There's, you, a, you there's always like a Twitter account, yeah. like yeah. FPL yeah. underscore something. And they, you know, I think they cracked it. They came up with a, a foolproof <laughs> yeah, exactly. plan uh, for the exactly. next, the first five weeks uh, when we get back from Qatar, and this is the strategy, yeah. and we should all do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then and then it'll get picked up, and then suddenly people will look askance at you if you have one player that's not part of the, like the crack. It's not part of the strategy. 11. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Um, so that, that you know, take a break. Don't think about it too much. It's it's. It, it's fine and enjoy the world cup and enjoy uh, the holidays too. I mean, uh, geez, Brandon, it's gonna be weird going up into Christmas with, with no FPL. It's probably going to be good for all of my relationships. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And then of course, boxing day, it's all going to go to hell again, but you know, until then it's gonna be great. <laughs> As somebody who sees many of their family members only once a year at Christmas, this might be the first Christmas where I was sort of like opening my eyes and be like, there you are. I see you now. I fu- I see yeah, you fully. It's going to be like in Hook, you know, where you, you'd seen all of these bowls uh, scattered before you on Christmas Eve. And then suddenly you're like, wait, there's food here. You can see it. And Okay. Uh, I'm, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm and not going to go uh, with you on a Hook reference. Uh, it's been... It's been too long since I've seen that film. No, uh, you're going to tr- start a food. You're going to start a food fight with Rufio. It's okay, going to be incredible. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. So that, that's where we are with fantasy. Uh, enjoy, enjoy the time off. World Cup. Just uh, a, a couple of thoughts uh, or comments, maybe. Um, I have a question for you, Brandon, which is uh, just how much World Cup content do you plan to be consuming? Uh, we're we're in the East Coast, so we have a slightly unique position here but how, what's your plan how as somebody who has a job that mm-hmm. uh you know it's not a it's not an undemanding job it requires lots of meetings and work uh, mm-hmm. what's what's your strategy what's your advice for someone who is not in the preferred time well actually honestly it kind of doesn't matter where you are right because some of these early matches even if you're in european time it's not like they're all going to be yeah. after you're out of the office so if you're an office drone like like you and i are at least at least you know maybe uh-huh. now it's a little weird with work from home, but you and I are now doing a couple days a week in the office ourselves. So yeah. as an office drone, Brandon, what's your strategy for, uh, for watching matches? My strategy is to watch surreptitiously when I can, but I think that mm-hmm. for a your, lot of bathroom uh, breaks, you're, you're famous, you're famous at your mm-hmm. office for going on 
20, 30 bathroom yeah. breaks an hour. It's really. Yeah. <laughs> I, I make a big deal like around 1 p.m. Like, oh, man, that burrito is really kind of hitting me kind of hard. Yeah. Yeah. Might would be a shame if I was in the bathroom for the next ninety minutes. Um, <laughs> that so that that's a strategy. The oversized, that the oversized, uh, <laughs> the oversized Pepto bottle, Pepto Bismol bottle that you keep on your desk is really, uh, you yeah. know, it's almost it's almost too much. But I'm sure it's effective. In terms <laughs> it's like comically large. I mean, in respect to uh, we we just lost one of the not one of the but the greatest prop comics uh of our time gallagher uh rest sure. in peace my yeah. friend i, I maybe i will do the the oversized pepto bottle just in his honor but I, I think you can feel the pressure of you have to always be on you have to do whatever you can to watch these games and then you'll find that you end up like bickering with your wife and not getting at your real your your work done in sure. the process and that's not good so like Tend to yourself and your, and your needs. Yeah. <laughs> um, tend, tend, tend to yourselves and your needs and, and let World Cup um, sort of like fill in the gaps and, and enjoy it when you can. Uh, you know, we're taking time off from work, uh, like we're taking vacation for the U.S.'s game against Wales on Monday. So, you know, use it or lose it. We're at the, the, the benefit of having the World Cup at the end of the year, calendar year is – a lot of people have unused vacation days, and this is a perfect excuse to yes. uh, to use those vacation days and get out there and and, and enjoy the football uh, guilt free. I it, it it's the World Cup too is a little bit like Game of Thrones. I'm very much looking forward to watching the episodes, looking forward to watching the matches, but I'm also super excited just to uh, mainline podcast content the entire yeah, time. Totally. That's so true. And yeah. there is the, you know, the, um, the interesting thread of, of the boycotting Qatar and how much attention should should we be paying because of the, the human rights issues and and and, and crimes of various uh, degrees happening there. But I am very interested to hear from journalists who are in Qatar, like what is it like to be there? Because I cannot. Uh, imagine one thing I, I'd love to do, and and we can sort of like we can quote report on this is one of our longtime friends and um, supporters, Andy Penn, had had lived and worked in Doha for a long time, and I want to get his inside scoop on what what was it like to live there. So I'm kind of interested yeah. just to learn a bit more about all different aspects of Qatar. The um, the the uncanny, the weird, the bad, everything yeah. that comes along with it. Yeah, I mean it's it's a shame because like to a degree, obviously the, your normal kind of people who just live and work in Qatar obviously get kind of tarnished by this as well. And uh, you know some of the, some of the stuff, and they're not obviously responsible. You know, if you're born there, it's you know it doesn't necessarily you know make you guilty of anything. And uh, and the World Cup being in the Middle East, I think, is also very reasonable. I mean, I, I, you know, it's, it's the Middle East is pretty football crazed and to have a world cup there, it makes total sense. It's just, you know, the, like you said, the, the human rights stuff. And then, um, and then just, I mean, honestly, the biggest thing to me that just bugs me, I mean, because the corruption and FIFA and corruption are just, you know, they're, they're bed, they've been bedfellows Synonymous. forever. Mm. Yeah. But it, it was just it, kind of the annoyance of not doing it in the summer and just saying, oh, yeah, we will do it in the summer because we're, we're going to invent technology 
that makes it less hot. You know, it's like the yeah. dumbest thing. And of course, of course that didn't work at all. And, uh, and then they just moved into the club calendar. And so it just, I want, I wanted the world cup, like you want a little runway for some of this stuff too. And I, and this is just, again, this is not really, I, I'm not going to go on about this too long. Cause this is like inside baseball stuff, but like, you know, just, it, it'd be fun if we had like two or three weeks where we could kind of build up the, mm-hmm. the energy and excitement for the world cup. And it started, we're kind of dropping it into NFL season and, and lots of other stuff going on. And so it's a little, it, it's going to be awesome and it's going to be great, but I do think, and I may have said this before in the podcast, but it, it, we're going to have a week there where it only feels like some of us are paying attention to the world cup. It's going to take a few days, mm-hmm. I think before everyone kind of catch it. Maybe that England us game here in the States. And I know it's a little bit different in Europe, obviously, but, um, but I think from, from my perspective, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it, it, we were a few days into the world cup before it really kind of took off the fever, you know, even here in New York. So, um, but I'm, I'm super excited. I mean, I think it's what I like about this world cup is, um, it really genuinely feels like a, a very wide open world cup. I mean, I think that you've got your, you've got a handful of favorites, uh, but you have some countries like really in transition and, and not, you know, Germany, not quite the superpower they were eight years ago. And even France, it's, it's not, you know, with Pogba and it's, it's just, they don't, they don't seem like they're kind of, I, I, to me, they're still, they, they, I think they're probably the co-favorites with, with Brazil, but I think that, um, there's just a lot to, um, it does not feel like anyone's got kind of like a vice grip on this, on this year. There's not like a, there's not a Spain in 2010, right. Or a sure. Germany in 2014, like just these clubs you are like, yeah. man, they, it's, it's going to take a lot to beat this club in this world cup. You will be shocked to learn that, uh, Paul Pogba, somebody who you haven't thought of or seen in a year will not be, uh, with France at, at the World Cup, I don't know if he's really? launching a, a new haircut or, or something like that. But um, <laughs> is he injured? I, 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 I assume. I mean, so. he was he was their best player, arguably for for the the 2018 World Cup. So I mean, I don't think they. Did, it wasn't like he didn't yeah. get called up, uh, um, right? Like they wouldn't have oh, called him up. I'm sure something else is going on there. I I yeah. re- remember when um, France. Uh, God, who was their manager? Then this was this was maybe like twenty years ago, where the the team just had like a full on meltdown revolt, and they had to send people home. Um, God, was that in Germany? I my memory is really failing me. I'm I always look forward to. There's always one or two teams that it you, you know they have it in them, but it takes them actually getting to the site of the World Cup finals for them to actually fully melt down. Sometimes yep. it's like an African nation who just like get to do like a riotous fist fight on the plane on the way to the World Cup uh, um, or, or like money gets in the way. And then there there's always another team where there's just like some infighting that um, uh, that takes them down. But uh, but yeah, then also more interestingly, who who are, who's going to be the dark horse team that steps up and is the fun team to watch? Like who's who's going to be the Colombia that has the James yeah. Rodriguez player? Uh, that that's sort of a narrative too. I think so, and I, I think it's. Uh, I I feel like I want to just sort of be open to it. It's like I want to go into this like with with fresh eyes a little bit, and I want to be advancing my own narrative too much about who. It's like I want to fall in love with some other countries. I'm not, you know, it's, I, there, there's 32. It's, it's fine. I can, I can root for the U.S. and all their matches, but there's a lot of other teams there. And I mm-hmm. want, I want to, it's like, uh, remember when Costa Rica 
I think it was was it eight years ago when Costa Rica had that great run in the World Cup, and it was yeah, just it was just so that. fun. It was like so yeah. easy. Joel to Joel like Campbell that had his his great goal exactly. scoring run. Yeah. yeah, Brian Brian Hill wasn't wasn't he on that team as well? You're thinking uh, of Brian Ruiz. I mean, if Brian, Brian Hill Ruiz, from Spur- yeah. Brian Hill might have been like. Eight or <laughs> he's Spanish, yeah. All right. Well, I, I'm sorry. You know, it's a we're we're, get, we're getting late into this pod here, pod here today. But um, so I am, yeah. I'm with you on the the surreptitious watching. I I love to, uh, you know, the the trick is you just you just flip your phone over. You just you, you listen to the game and one put an ear one earbud in, flip the phone over, exactly. you're good to go. Yeah, it's fine. You're Don't worry perfectly about good it. to go. Two yeah. ears is dangerous because even though everyone in your office. If you have an office like mine, everyone's listening to headphones already. But two ears, I might I run the risk of getting two into it, and I need uh, <laughs> and I may not be able to actually focus to get anything done. So one mm-hmm. one feels perfect. Um, and uh, Brian asked, uh, "How do you see the U.S. group ending?" So um, how do you you know? And my follow up question is, why are the kits so bad? But let, let's focus on the more important question here. So the U.S. has a group with. England, Iran, and Wales. A very interesting group. I think it's probably the most... Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very biased, but I think it's a very... Uh, I don't know. Just very, I'm, It's like every game is kind of intriguing. And, um, you know, how, how do you think it's going to shake out, Brendan, in the U.S.? I'm putting you on record right now. Sure, yeah. I mean, the initial thoughts are not great because our coach, Greg Berhalter, he insists on... I think like there are there's a logic to Burhalter insisting the US play this modern progressive out of the back style of football because the US needs to just simply evolve and catch up to where the rest of the world is just in uh tactical yeah. uh awareness and and uh being on the ball that sort of a thing. However, yeah. you see the complete opposite with England where Southgate comes in and says what we have a long storied history of football in this country, including inventing the sport. Maybe we should just focus on winning a trophy, and we will do this by playing incredibly defensive, pragmatic football, much to the consternation of of some fans. So um, I think, <laughs> and but it has yeah, it's gotten them very close to to a couple of trophies. I I mean, so based on that logic, I do think the U.S. and Berhalter run the risk of getting absolutely blown out of the water in this group. And that would be, I think, the safer bet. But I think uh, that narrative completely changes depending on what we see on Monday when they face up against Wales. We will learn so much. It's like Wales is actually the perfect first match for the U.S. because uh, we're probably the most evenly matched not necessarily player for player um but level of um i think we're pound evenly for pound with Wales. pound yeah. for pound um and I, I ran there could be like the the sort of like geopolitical narrative around that could be um could overshadow the play so i think yeah. getting that wales match together for, as our first one is perfect for us and if we can play well then there is a hope that we can, you know, eke out uh, a win against Iran and escape the group. What do you think? I mean, I, you're you're chief yeah. Burhalter hater over there. Can you rise yeah. above that? Well, the the squad selection didn't didn't fill me with too much hope because it felt like it was like who's played well in the last like five days, and that's who we're going with. And maybe there's a the kind of pragmatism there, but it felt like. Are you thinking of a were, particular player when you? Uh, I don't know, that. like Ricardo Pepe not making the squad. I don't, I don't love that. Uh, Tim Ream, who hasn't been part of that squad 
very much at all of late, but he's played yeah. well for Fulham the last couple of weeks. And yeah, even even Josh Sargent, who has has had a nice run of form, but really hasn't been part of the squad either, you know, during much of their World Cup qualifying. It just feels like I don't mind him kind of going with some form players, but it just sort of makes me feel like, is this even like a cohesive squad? Uh, you know, I feel like we kind of grew up with a much more cohesive squad. And, and to, to a degree, it, the cohesion has been um, it's been hard to achieve because we've had so many injuries. Uh, Gio Reyna has been injured so much. Uh, Weston McKenney was injured for a while. Pulisic is a walking injury. There's just like all sorts of problems. And so we don't have that kind of Landon Donovan Bradley, um, uh, Michael Bradley, Bradley, Clint Dempsey, Michael Bradley. Thank you. Michael Bradley, Clint Dempsey. Exactly. We didn't, we don't have that kind of uh, Tim Howard, right. Uh, you know, or, or, uh, Brad Friedel. I mean, both of them were, were terrific and just this kind of that kind of a, a spine and I, I, the spine is exists and there's, there's lots of players I'm interested in, but it kind of feels like 2026 is the year we might see a little more of that. And you don't, you don't just like, pass on a world cup like i i you know who knows you never know when your time's gonna come maybe it just comes right away i mean that's why like you know rookies and and various sports just carry their you know you know carry their team to a, a championship and who knows maybe gia reina has the, the the cup of his life and, and has a james rodriguez kind of you know, kind of rise it wouldn't be out of the question certainly and so i i guess i'm 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 veering towards a little bit of optimism just because um there is a lot of talent in this squad. And so, I mean, you've got uh, starters for, for Juve and Dortmund. And, you know, I guess Pulisic isn't really a starter for Chelsea, but he's a, he'd be a starter for a lot of other clubs. He's a very good, you know, very good player. And even Matt Turner, I feel fine with that. Um, I, he's great. I, I was a little surprised. Yeah, I was a little surprised that and didn't, didn't get the call up just because he's been a big part of that squad, but he hasn't been. He's good been at like all a recently, bad part so. of it, though. I was I was yeah, actually really true. encouraged <laughs> to see. He yeah he he had he's had as many mess ups for us as he has for Man City. So I think like that yeah. guy has just uh, his his career imploded, and he has only himself yeah. to blame. He was given every single opportunity. That's true. That's true. And the opportunities yeah. Matt Turner has got, he's been phenomenal. Yeah, that's that's true. Arsenal. That's true. Yeah. I think they should lean in and play. Uh, I think you just you should just play Reem and uh, and Robinson together because they already play together for Fulham. And I, to me, that seems silly, but to me, it's like just if you have, like, it's such a gift to have two defenders on a national team who actually who practice together every single day. It's a it's not very common um, outside of maybe some of the smaller national teams, right? And so I, I, I that honestly feels like any any possible edge of starting like a superior center back is negated by the fact that there's just a, a kind of cohesion there. I, that maybe I'm overthinking it. I don't know, but to me, that's, that's something I, I wonder if he'll consider. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I think I just like, everyone's got to like play at their best and, and I, I mean, we should beat Iran. We really should. And, and, and Wales, like you said, I mean, it sort of depends on what version of Gareth Bale we get. I mean, we also have a lot of good players, obviously, too. Um, I mean, certainly, even the players that we kind of make fun of in the Premier League, like Daniel James would be starting for us for sure <laughs> if, if mm-hmm. Daniel James was an American. Um, and so there, there are a lot of players in that squad who would certainly be starting for us if they if they played. So I, I think you're right. I think, and then England is just about whether we can um, nick a goal. And that, that sort of goes back to the Bearhalter thing where it doesn't feel like the team we're going to put out and the way we're going to play is the type of, team and way way to play that would 
win a one nil over England, right? Or, or scratch, even scratch out a one, one, like we did, um, 12 years ago. So we'll see, but I, I, you know, to me, it's, I, I'm just going into it with, with a little bit of optimism and, um, we've already seen like the worst that could happen in 2008. We, I think picked up one point. We finished 32 out of 32 squads in terms of total points. I think other people scored, other people had as many points as us, but our goals against was worse. And so we technically finished worst in the World Cup. And so we took, a, we're we not took gonna points do off bad. Italy, though. <laughs> and no one can take yeah, that. We were true. the only team in the tournament to take points off Italy. That's true. Yeah, a shiny moment in Bruce Arena's career right there. So, you know, so so I think, uh, and then as to why are the kits are so bad, it's an important question and one that uh, that you and I will be talking about, uh, I think, like a lot more. We, we, need to, we need to have a little, like a kit corner in some of these pods, Brent. And I love talking mm-hmm. to kids. I love national team mm-hmm. kids. I was, in, I was in a store called Upper 90 earlier today looking for some soccer gear. And I, mm. yes, there's some great kit. The Japan kit, oh, so good. Mm-hmm. France kit, beautiful. Just wonderful, wonderful kits out there. So... Um, and then uh, let's just get on record here. Final comment for this week's pop. Brandon, uh, Eric says, who's going to win the World Cup and why is it Uruguay? <laughs> uh, I ain't mad at you, Eric. I mean, I'm Darwin. I've been leaning on Darwin Nunez a lot yeah. in this season. Yep. I'd love to see him have a good tournament. But uh, I'll just go with the it does feel like it's time for uh, Brazil to finally Reemerge. I mean, that's not going out on a limb. That's a pretty, pretty easy one to call. But I sure. feel like all of the it, it's fun to see the younger generation coming into the Brazil squad. But it feels like a good meeting point of the veterans on the Brazil squad aren't too old uh, to carry the younger players through, and there should be a certain level of cohesion. And I don't know. Is this do we do we match warm weather climate? nation with warm weather climate world cup it's not like these brazilians you know spend most of their years in warm weather uh, a lot of them play yeah. in very foggy cloudy countries in europe it's hard to say i mean they didn't even win the last the last copa america right so it's it's not like this is a team that's just like gotten addicted to winning or anything like that and so i don't know i mean i, I i'm just looking i pulled up because i want to see who got called up to the french team with uh uh, with, with Pogba and, and Conte isn't it either. And so the, the midfield does feel a little bit lighter, but then you look up front and you've got Giroud, who even though he's 36, brilliant. Um, Antoine Griezmann, I'm a little surprised he actually got the call up. Oh, wait, let me see. Is this the is this the the actual squad that got called? Uh, I'm going to screw this up, Brandon. Let's just say I'm seeing a lot of talent in the in the forward line for for France. I mean, you've got Benzema, Mbappe, uh, Christopher Nkuku, who's an awesome player, uh, Dembele. Um, you know, I don't know. So you've got the Ballon d'Or winner and then a bunch of brilliant players who are all between like 23 and 26. Uh, and then, and then Giroud, who's like the greatest sub that any, it, like, it, like I've been watching, uh, some random, um, AC Milan games uh, here and there, Brandon, now that I'm a mild uh, soccer gambling degenerate. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's just, every, uh, he's such a joy to watch. It's just so fun. And he comes on the pitch and he just, he takes over the match every time. And I guarantee in the world cup, we're going to see some moment where Giroud comes on and just, I don't think he'll start, but I mean, maybe, I don't know, 36, right. feels a little old, but maybe he will, Brandon, uh, but he'll come on and just do something brilliant and, and win France a match. They, they shouldn't win. So I guess that's my pick. It's the boring pick, but that's the team I think is still probably the, the favorite. Okay. 
All right. I your mean, boy, Mbappe, your boy needs, too. Yeah. Mbappe needs some retribution for the Euros when he absolutely botched that the penalty shootout. Uh, but uh, yeah, and but he's already got the World Cup win under his belt. Where's the motivation for, for Mbappe? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Has, and I, I don't believe a team has ever won the World Cup twice in a row. Is that right? So um, there's a, that's a little bit of a mm-hmm. challenge as well. So, mm-hmm. um, All right, well, I'm looking forward to it. We'll be back next Sunday with our first World Cup pod. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the break from FPL. I hope um, either either you're, like you said, Brandon, at the start of the pod, either you're going out on a high note or if things didn't work out well, you get six weeks to, to reset and, and get the fire back. And uh, we'll see you then. So uh, just once again, uh, thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. If you want to come and chat with us uh, during the World Cup or join our, our World Cup Fantasy League, uh, that's, that'll be exclusively for Patreon supporters. You can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, I'll do the Patreon thank yous this week. Brandon, thank you to Mike DePietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, uh, to Big Gaffer. You know, I'm excited about the Chris Howell's uh, Tennessee team, Brandon. Even from afar, I, you know, it's a it's a tough loss Mm. to Georgia, but that's that's yeah, it's an acceptable loss. Just one match. Yeah, Yeah. to Big to Big Gaffer, Bobas Coon, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodell. Nick Wright, Lazarus Yunos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, uh, Rich Evans, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Mikey Yuong, Shiv Majoria, Andy Portlock, Dan Parsons, at FPL Merch, Kerry Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Kyle Robbie, Lee Hickman, Volger, Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, James Conroy. Speaking of Craig Jackson, we need to work out some U.S. Uh, New York City meetups, don't we, Brandon? Mm-hmm. We got to watch some of these matches with some of our some of our buddies here in the U.S. For so sure. we'll, we'll, more to come on that front. Um, the uh, James Conroy, Shalon F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul Hertzig, Heath Graham, Roberto Morales, Thomas Tisloff, and of course Noah and Louise. Thank you so much. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media. All this information and more is always cheating.com. Josh, uh, enjoy the World Cup, and we'll talk to you all soon. Poku forever. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com